Church, so excited to be with you today on the Luminous Church podcast. Uh, this may be a little unfamiliar for some of you. We aren't just broadcasting sermons, but we're broadcasting content on the values of our church and our movement of churches every nation. So I'm so excited. Today, we're going to talk about the value of social responsibility and justice for children. And I invited Cece Lopez to come on and discuss and, and talk about her organization, all that she's involved in that helps children, not only in our city, but across America, as she's fighting for freedom for children um, all over. So we're so excited, Cece. Thank you for joining us. And uh, I know that you may be unfamiliar to some of our listeners. So uh, would you take a moment, maybe just uh, introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about who CC is? Sure. Thanks for having me. Um, Luminous, I'm excited to join you all today. Um, my name is CC Lopez, like Pastor Ben said, and I am a resident here in San Antonio, Texas. I lead a nonprofit organization that fights against human trafficking here in San Antonio and the surrounding areas. Um, we're called A21 Freedom Chasers, and what we do is we bring awareness to a, an issue that not many people know about. It's called um, human trafficking. It's also referred to as modern-day slavery. Um, if, if you didn't know, um, Texas actually ranks number two in the United States for how many cases we have of human trafficking that, that occurs. Um, San Antonio is high on the list at number three. In, in cities in the United States that report human trafficking. Um, so when I heard about this issue back in 2014, um, it was something that made such a big imprint in my life. I'm, I'm also a mom. I have um, two children. I'm a single mama, but um, my children, I have an, a 19-year-old and a 17-year-old who's graduated high school this year. So super excited, but you know, at the time, being a single mom and having two two teenagers and hearing the ages of the kids that are being lured by traffickers, you know, the average age for a young boy is about 11 years old and for a young girl, it's 15. And so you think about those ages and that was just so wow. personal to me. I couldn't yeah. imagine parents having to deal with that or children having to deal with that. So human trafficking is very prevalent, as you know. Um, but that's, that's what I do. I lead a nonprofit organization that brings awareness to this issue. We, we want people to know, one, we want people to know what it is. We want people to be empowered to say something if they feel like they've seen something. Um, we want to share real life situations and how trafficking actually happens so that no one is surprised by what it looks like. Um, and when we talk about it being modern day slavery, we talk about what the difference is between what slavery, what slavery is back in civil rights days and what it looks like today. So we try to bring facts and statistics and then show you how to report it and to be confident about it without, um, you know, it's an issue that many times people say is hidden in the dark. So we try to bring it out to light. Um, mm -hmm. And as you know, you know, the word of God talks about anything that's in the dark should be exposed in the light. So that's our whole mission. Um, so I work with lots of nonprofit organizations in the city of San Antonio that help also the recovery part of, of children's lives to, to bring them to wholeness again. Many of them are Christian organizations, so we walk alongside them and, and help them out as well. 
Um, but that is who I am. That's awesome. That's awesome. That is who you are. Uh, you, you're a mom. You're fighting uh, for the freedom of children in Texas and uh, so much more than that. Right. I know, um, you know, you're a follower of Jesus. You are a working woman full time uh, in the corporate world. There's a lot of hats you wear. And with all those hats, I mean, obviously, it's it's hard to care about anything outside of your circle. Uh, I know that to be true. Uh, for me, we have little kids who are soccer, gymnastics, uh, et cetera. It's really hard to break out of that. So, I mean, what was the compelling thing for you uh, when you see, uh, first off, you see injustices everywhere. Uh, there's uh, so many injustices right now in our society. And, um, and you just see, you look around, you're like, man, how do I pick one thing in which I can make a difference? Um, some of us say, get overwhelmed by that. So they just said, I'll just make a difference in my children and that's it. Um, so what for you was like, I need to make more of a difference than just my children, although that's important. And then why human trafficking? Sure. So um, as I mentioned, when I started to hear more about what human trafficking was and really did my research around it, um, it was, yeah, I'm actually a domestic violence survivor. And so some mm -hmm. of the cliches or sayings that go along with um, human trafficking survivors is that they're, they feel like they're voiceless, they're, they don't have a voice. Um, I remember feeling that way as, wow. as I was going through my personal situations. Um, like there was so many signs, yet no one saw them and no one asked me the right questions. And, and I felt like that, that that was something I could relate to. And then also, um, you know, the the trauma that happens with a person who is a domestic violence survivor and a human trafficking survivor, there's something called the Stockholm syndrome mm -hmm. or um, trauma bonding that right. traffickers use to keep their victims um, trapped. And right. that was something that I experienced and I thought, I wow, I can relate to that. Um, yeah. And so kind of taking a step back and, and realizing, mm -hmm. okay, I here here's this problem. What is the solution, right? And, yeah. and really, honestly, lots of time in prayer. Um, I felt that tugging in my heart that many of us feel when we're going to go into ministry and you just cannot ignore it. Um, yeah. I attended a, a walk for freedom. Uh, which now we host in our city every single nice. year. Wow. Um, but at the time I, I went to the walk and after the walk, I felt like the Lord was saying, this is something you need to take on more than just attending a walk. And when I tried to ignore that, <laughs> it just kept coming back. And, and literally yeah. I had someone donate the funds and said, here, this is for you. You're supposed to start this nonprofit. Wow. And I just blown away. So mm -hmm. needless to say, the Lord really just, made it very official but the all the feelings of what trafficked victims go through is very similar to what domestic violence survivors go through as well and so that just kind of led me to feel like I can really stand in the gap here and change yeah. my story and help to change someone else's story wow so you have this empathy um, where you can directly relate to how someone feels who's enslaved and then right. there's this tug um, as you described by the Holy Spirit, pushing you into ministry. Um, describe that tug, CC. I mean, uh, what was it specifically that was tugging you to do that? Right. Um, so it was just this constant, like, you know, I, I have more for you. I want to do this through you. And it was 
I'm, I was a single mom then too. And I just kept Lord, like I have two children that I'm providing for all by myself. There's no way, like I cannot add anything to my life. There's just no way. Right. Um, and I, I honestly, uh, with January 2nd, I heard, um, a sermon or a message by, um, Andy Stanley, and he was yeah. talking about New Year's resolutions. And he said, isn't it ironic that um, for New Year's resolutions, everything we make resolutions for are very selfish. We either work on our bodies or work to save more money and pay off debt wow. yeah. or work to travel. Um, and he said, what if this year we resolved to do something that something about something that breaks your heart? And that just did it for me. Like, <laughs> I, yeah. I cried and repented and surrendered and thought, okay, Lord, this, this is yeah. it. I, I hear you. I hear you loud and clear. Yeah. And I, I'm going to do it. <laughs> That's incredible. That's incredible. When I think about, you know, one of our mission or our mission statement is um, see Jesus and make a difference. And so when you see him, um, you, he, you are called to make a difference. And, um, and it's just amazing how there's so many things that come in alignment when you're called into doing something, you know, from a sermon from Andy Stanley from Atlanta, you know, that you're piping in from being just this feeling of identification, this money that comes in provision to being in a walk and all these people come together to help propel you into this calling I just, I think that's so amazing how the Lord does that. And here you are with A21 Freedom Chasers, and now you're doing that for other people. Have you seen other people join and feel that same tug? Absolutely. I mean, it was incredible. Just the way that God worked our team out, I can't even tell you how many, we're six years in, Six. we celebrated wow. six years in February. Wow. So it's been a little while, um, but I, I mean, the, the day, that day I resolved that I was going to do something. So I sat on my laptop, sent an email, like math email to every contact I had, <laughs> coworkers or not. I don't even know. I just hit send. And I said, this is what I'm going to do. And I can't tell you how many people, like for probably about a week, it was silent. Yeah. And it was like, okay, Lord, I did what you wanted me to do. But then after that, yeah. people kept replying and saying, oh right. my goodness. And so we've had hundreds of volunteers um, come in. We've had organizations that have sought us out. We had law enforcement ask us to train them. We've had, um, wow. you know, we have connections with the, the, the governor's office now. We've gone all over the mm -hmm. world. I was in Montreal last year for a protest. Um, so it is just incredible just to see God's faithfulness and saying, yeah. if you say yes, I That's will right. be there every mm. step of the way. And I'm going to blow your mind while I'm doing that. And it's just, <laughs> it's been sweet. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. And then as you're blasting all your coworkers and everybody, once you put it out there, you can't back out, you know, it's out there. It was beautiful to see that even while I was super scared, they were coming alongside me and had even more faith than I did. And to see the the way they believed in me being the one to carry this was empowering, honestly. I, you know, I just saw myself as this single mom who was struggling to just survive. And to see them, for them to see the leader in me was just empowering. It was yeah. wonderful. Yeah. 
I'm, I'm sure did they did they ever affirm you in that uh, like or did they because I know that it can go two different ways one you say yes and you don't do it quite well or you overextend yourself and your children can resent you for for you know saying yes to something and maybe feeling ignored or maybe like you said they can affirm you and show uh, just affirm your leadership so uh, tell, tell me more about that and how your sure. children play a part. Yeah, my children are great um, supporters. They've been awesome. I mean, they've been with me every step of the way. Like I said, we're six years in. Um, our home, you know, I've had young girls who are survivors here in our living room, and we've had Bible study with them. We've mentored wow. them. We've cried with them. Um, my daughter has been here to see them. My son has met them. Um, so it's, it's definitely been a family thing. Every mm -hmm. single walk, every single year, they come with me. They helped to set up. And I think the last walk we had, we didn't have one in 2020 because of COVID. We, we did things a little different. But in 2019, when they came, they were a little older. Um, they might, you know, my daughter had grad, was going to graduate. My son was a junior. And it was the first time that they said, I am so proud of you for doing this. And I hope that you never stop doing this. And it just really, it really did affirm the fact that they have seen me you know, work a full-time job in the mm -hmm. daytime, in the nighttime, answering emails and attending conferences and meeting with people and organizations, mm -hmm. having people over. But for them to see the fruit of it and, you know, to walk alongside survivors, because they've, they've walked right behind me at every single walk. I have yeah. them right there. Yeah. And, you know, we're walking with survivors. Uh, people may not know they're survivors, but we're there, they're with us. And they just see the impact and the, and the city get behind this movement and they just, they're so proud of it. So I don't know that they've ever resented. They've never said that, right? They've always come yeah. with me. Um, but yeah, to hear them just be really proud of it has been mm -hmm. really cool. And to see them invite their friends is even cooler. Right. They really believe in it. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, that's incredible. So they're going to be spreading the word, telling their friends how proud they are of mom which that's yeah. really cool. You know, a lot of teenagers are kind of embarrassed of mom. So, <laughs> so you're getting in that clout right there, which is just so incredible. Um, so tell me, Cece, I know that, um, you know, when you answer a call like this, when you go through that, there's just so much uh, work to be done and all that. Um, how do you balance it? How do you balance being a mom and working and finding you know, that time with the Lord and being refreshed and, and do you find yourself ever out of balance? And would you have any advice if somebody were to step into an area like this, maybe a healthy way to do it? Sure. So I, I live a very disciplined life um, and I had to learn to do this at, when I became a single mom, honestly. And I feel yeah. like being a single mom actually helped me to be mm -hmm. able to steward everything and steward it well. Um, I've always seen my my time, my personal time is before the kids wake up. And so I wake up at 5 a.m. every morning. So five to eight is my personal time with the Lord. And mm. that's my prayer time. That's my time of refreshing, journaling, whatever I need to do to be alone with Jesus. That's my time. I eight o'clock, I'm at work. I do what I need to. Of course, now it's easier because I don't have to travel. I'm working from home. <laughs> um, four o'clock is my cutoff time for, for work. And my evenings are for the children or for my nonprofit. Um, 
work. And so evenings don't belong to me. And then I have a hard cutoff at about 10 o'clock and start winding down for the day and, you know, just do what I need to do to do that. But I have had times where, yes, something comes up, right? We have events that come up or something just throws me off track. I feel it. And everyone else around me can feel it. If mom doesn't have time with Jesus, she's different (laughs) and they know. (laughs) So it, yeah, it's, I'd say sometimes I think that I've gotten into this rut where if I've gone a few days without my prayer time, I kind of feel guilty and shameful. And I Mm. tend to want to stay away from that because I, I feel almost like, you know, I've stayed away too long, Mm. but I, I know that as soon as I get back there to that routine, things will get better. And so I force myself to get, get back to it. And wow you know, just here I am. Let's let's start over. Yeah. So many important lessons right there, Cece. I mean, first off, just the discipline. I think that's one thing for a leader. The more responsibility you have, the more discipline you have to have. Otherwise it doesn't happen. You lose platform and influence and all those things. And and then secondly, what a great principle, because I think we all feel like that, you know, you, you shy away from a relationship and then it's the awkward phone call. Oh, I, we haven't talked in a month. You know, hi, how are you doing? And you're making small talk until you get to more maybe intimacy or um, some deeper conversation. So totally understand that. I think just being vulnerable is helpful for everybody who's listening uh, that they can take away um, a couple of things from that. I'd love to revisit um, some human trafficking and just talk about um where, where do you see the numbers right now? So you guys have been existing for six years. I remember in 2011, um, actually walking in a couple of Stop Child Trafficking Now walks and awarenesses. Uh, where do we see the numbers? Are they, are they declining after all this awareness and attention? Are they plateaued? Or do we see them growing? I'd love to know a little bit about that. We see the numbers growing, but there's several reasons why, right? Um, one of them, because there is more visibility, more people are becoming aware. And so they're understanding what it takes to report it. And so they're reporting it and doing a great job at it. And so our numbers are getting bigger from that. We are getting lots okay. more awareness, which is yeah. really, really good. Um, but it's also increased so much since COVID has happened. When you think about mm. the way that human trafficking happens, most of it is luring online. And so okay. when we pushed everything to yeah. online platforms, it just became a trafficker's dream come true. They, they're finding kids on there. They're finding, you know, vulnerable people, moms, right. dads who yeah. can't pay the bills um, mm-hmm. and offering them opportunities, right? And then now you think wow. about where we're at today with the, um, the refugee crisis that we have. Yeah. And that's, that's the, a bigger fear of traffickers being able to exploit those people that are coming over. Mm. Um, so our team is finding creative ways to get in that and try to put a good handle on it and see what we can do to provide some awareness there um, and some solutions. So unfortunately, yes, the numbers are rising, um, but for several reasons, like I said, one, we're getting better at at reporting it and have more ways to report it. Um, And then again, the the pandemic, unfortunately, was one of the things that caused those numbers to rise Mm -hmm. as well. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, awareness, if anything, 2020 and COVID was awareness, uh, awareness of um, systemic racism and other underlying things that were just unnoticed. Um, you can remain hush-hush about certain things, 
um, out of sight, out of mind uh, is a, how a lot of us operate. So you're right. The more you attack it head on, uh, the more you're going to see. So that's great insight and devastating about just the online world and what's happening and people being preyed on, children being preyed on. What would you, so if somebody, maybe somebody's listening and um, hearing this and um, they suspect something, is there a certain channel that they should go to? Is it on your website or are there other means that they should go to to report this? Yes. So in San Antonio, um, fortunately, we, we've worked with the 911 dispatchers and we've um, train them as to what to do if someone calls in and says, I feel mm -hmm. like I've spotted human trafficking. So if wow. you're in San Antonio or the surrounding areas, you will get a separate set of questions if you call 911. So I would say if you're in San Antonio, call 911. Let them know that you feel like you've spotted human trafficking. Um, on our website, www.a21freedomchasers.org, mm -hmm. we have a whole list of red flags that you can look for, either online if you're being lured online or mm -hmm. if you feel like you've spotted it in person out and about, whether you're shopping or, you know, out in public somewhere. Um, we always say, if you're listening from someplace that is not San Antonio, call the human trafficking, the national human trafficking hotline. And that yeah. is run by Polaris, right? Because Polaris will send the help to local law enforcement. And so mm -hmm. they will be able to help you wherever you're at around um, the world, really, the United States. And so that's what I would say. Um, there are several red flags. If you, I think more than anything, people need to know that if, if it sounds too good to be true, if it feels odd, one, that's the Holy Spirit prompting you. Yeah, that's your that's gut right. telling you. And so you need to listen to that and pay more attention to it. That's right. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. I mean, practical resources and the fact that you have equipped 911 operators on how to field questions that is that is substantial thank you so much for doing that and serving our city and just everybody in our city who sees this and is a victim of this um i i you know i probably could talk to you for a lot longer cc but i said 20 minutes for a first podcast here um but uh what could you maybe share a success story for us? Um, a moment of somebody who's maybe come out of this as a result of this awareness? Sure. Um, gosh, there's so many people, but my favorite story is Carla Solomon. She sits on our board of directors at A21 Freedom Chasers. Awesome. She is a survivor that um, was being trafficked in different parts of Louisiana and the state of Texas. Um, she came to Kerrville and found some help there through Mercy Gate Ministries, um, got a chance to um, just mentor with her. And it's, a, it's an ongoing life, life going um, mentorship, right? Because you never really fully heal. There's things that come mm. up. Um, victims suffer from PTSD. Um, yeah. And so there's different stages of the, the healing process. Um, but she's definitely someone that we cling to for advice on how to help victims. We, uh, you know, get her input on what kind of um, things we have to have in place to be able to help. It, we all, you know, also get some advice from her on presentations that we give out for awareness and, and making sure that it's accurate. Um, we get her input on all of that. Um, she's just amazing. And, it, and it's beautiful to see her. She now, she sits on our board, but she also leads 
uh, mentorship programs for survivors out at Mercy Gate Ministries in Kerrville. I've seen her walk with dozens of survivors and being able to lead it. She's also a Christian, so she leads them to Jesus and offers real freedom that way. Um, So it's just beautiful to see her, her life, um, her family just blossom. She's spoken at several of our walks and she's the first one there every single year. Um, If you ever want to hear her story, she's on, I believe, episode 45 of Talk for Freedom, which is our official podcast at HMI hey, Freedom Station. That's awesome. <laughs> so, yes, her story is there. I think it's about three parts because there's several, but I'm right. telling you, someone, someone needs to make a movie out of her life because it's incredible. That's amazing. That is amazing. Yeah. Super encouraging hearing that. Well, that's awesome. Well, I, I want to spend uh, just a moment praying um, just because we are a church and that's what we do. And, um, but if somebody wants to, um, just follow you and follow what you do, what's, uh, what's your tags? How can they get a hold of you? How can they follow CC Lopez? <laughs> so on Instagram, I'm CC boss lady. <laughs> boss and, lady yeah. <laughs> um, on Facebook, I'm CC low. Um, but if you want to get all the information on what we're doing for the nonprofit, it's A21 Freedom Chasers, both on Instagram and on Facebook. And, and I'd really suggest that you follow that. Um, just We just offer several resources as well. If you want to get plugged in in the community, um, you don't just necessarily have to work with us. There's so many different organizations, depending on your gifts and talents and what, what the Lord is leading you to work in that you can get plugged in, but we do plug in all our resources there. And so you can find them all there and reach out, see how you can get plugged in. That's awesome. Yes. And you have some really cool photographs right now on A21 Freedom Chasers. I just saw those. Those are awesome. So you got to, you got to follow that on Instagram and follow you because you're always reading the Bible on your Insta story and encouraging people with scripture, <laughs> which is just so amazing and uh, so grateful. For what you do, CC. Uh, thank you for saying yes to Jesus. Uh, it makes a difference, and uh, the way you live your life and model it has really, really impacted this city. Um, I'd love to pray uh, for you and your ministry, and just what God's doing. So, Father, we're just so grateful, and Lord, thank you for CC. Thank you, Father, for just her selflessness and answering the call six years ago uh, in 2014, uh, feeling that tug. And Lord, starting this ministry six years ago, we're so grateful. Um, Thank you for rescuing um, those who are enslaved. God, thank you for saving those who are trapped. Lord Jesus, thank you for awareness. Thank you for just attentiveness, God. Thank you, Lord, that um, with the statistics that happen, um, this is not a rare anomaly, uh, but it happens and it's around us. And so, Lord, help us be aware to that. Father, I pray for grace upon Cece right now to continue in ministry. Father, I just pray that she would be well-balanced and well-disciplined. And I pray, Father, that you would continue to expand um, A21 Freedom Chasers, that you would just expand it and bless it. Do incredible things here this next year. We're so grateful in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Awesome, Cece. Thank you so much for this interview. All right. Be blessed. Thank you.